0: You can have these huge workloads and people just keep working and working and they won't have a break because they go, I'm just too busy, I can't have a break. But it actually is really good to go, I'm gonna go for that walk on the beach, I'm gonna go for a swim or a run, whatever it is that that makes that person feel better. Um, And then going back to work the next day, you're usually more productive because you've had that break. I think when people get really busy, it's hard to get out of that cycle of being busy.
1: Hello and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Finding Equilibrium Show. I'm delighted to be here and delighted that you're here and I'm delighted to have my guest today Rebecca McCaskill who's the Chief Chief People Officer at uh, Invenco so uh, based out of New Zealand. So how are you today Rebecca? It's lovely to see you.
0: Yeah I'm really good thanks. Great to be here
1: well so so chief people officer that's the um, you know the, as, as high as you can go when it comes to HR so congratulations on uh, on achieving that role but I'd love to understand a little bit of your story and um, how did you uh, how did you come to, uh, to to doing the work that you do today?
0: Yeah um, so I I actually got into HR when I was um, overseas on my OE working in the UK so I um, initially started Uh, sort of at the bottom as an administrator and and, um, progressed there and I worked for an accounting firm for a few years in um, different HR positions and then I came back uh, to New Zealand and I initially uh, actually worked in recruitment so I did a lot of recruitment um, for for large corporates and then I moved into um, agency recruitment. Which was really good because it gave me a really good understanding of you know how to source difficult positions the strategy around recruitment and um, negotiations as well um, and then from there my first position which kind of I suppose was the stepping stone to get into this role um, I got a role with E-Road which was a it's now a listed company but it was a startup when I joined and I joined when there was about 35 people in the company And when I left, I think we had about 200, 230. So I was there um, right from, yeah, right from when we had 30 growing and we uh, grew internationally. So we grew in the US and um, grew in Australia as well. So that was a huge learning curve because it was everything, setting up everything HR for a really fast growing technology company. Gave me a lot of insight into um, how you set up internationally and, and you know, different employment laws that I hadn't been across, say, for um, the U.S. and Australia. Um, so I was there for, I think, just over five years. So I was with E-Road for a long time, but because we grew so quickly and so much happened, it was a huge learning curve. So that was a um, really, really great experience. And then, um, so from E-Road, that gave me a really good stepping stone to then take the role at Invenco. And... Lots of similarities, fast-growing technology company in New Zealand. We had not, we've got an office in the US, office in Malaysia, so I could take a lot of what I'd learned from E-Road and, and bring it to Invenco.
1: Well, wonderful. So it's, um, it, it's so interesting hearing your story and how you've kind of moved up from recruitment which gave you that strong foundation and then uh, working in a business which really kind of expanded and i know at, at invenco you've done a lot of work around cultural change and uh, it, it and we were talking just before I, I find that a really fascinating topic because it often hr increasingly are given that role of you know changing the culture um yeah. which is not an easy task so i'd love you to describe uh, what in the co was like when you actually arrived and um, what the culture was like and what it's like now and most importantly what you what you did to uh, uh to, to bridge that gap
0: yeah okay um so I suppose just starting off I, th- I think when I was at E-Road I was really fortunate because we grew the culture um as we expanded and so you could have a lot of control over the kind of culture that we wanted and we and we recruited people that that um, matched that culture. So we had a very strong culture when I, when I was at Euro. And when I came to Invenco, the first um, thoughts I had, I couldn't quite put my finger on the culture. There was, people were really nice, very friendly, um, but the, it didn't seem to be a very consistent culture or there might be different cultures um, in different teams or different pockets. And we had a new CEO that came on board um, after I'd been there for a year as well, and he, um, was very keen to to look at making a a culture change. So I would say at the time it was quite hierarchical. There wasn't a huge amount of um, communication or or a lot of collaboration going on. Um, People were really, really friendly. Like there's a great bunch of people, but it just wasn't quite working the culture, if that makes sense. So we made the decision, Right, we you know we want to have this culture change, and, but we need to figure out what kind of culture that we need to be successful as well. And so the first thing that I did was um, we did a survey to ask um, employees around, um, you know, what kind of culture do they think that we need to be successful at Avenco? What sort of culture would um, help us thrive? And what kind of culture do you want to be? You know, what kind of culture would you like for a business that you're working for? Um, and also ask questions about how would you describe the culture that we have at the moment? You know, what things do we need to change? So there's a lot of employee feedback. Uh, we used a model, I think I, I talked about it before, which is a, um, a model from the HBR um, guide, which, which um, uh, explains corporate culture in a way that's quite a technical way. So it's not too fluffy or, or um, sort of out there for people to get their heads around. And so we we asked a series of questions and and quite structured questions to get an understanding of how employees saw our culture at the time and then the culture that they thought we needed. Um, And then from the, once we had the survey results, it was quite clear that we needed to have a shift. And the main shift was um, there was a hierarchical um, function and we wanted to make it more of a collaborative results focused and learning, so very um, innovative. Um, and so we had, so we worked out what was the shift that we needed to make, and then from there, basically created a, a plan of um, of how we're going to get to that to that culture. So, you know, that was a couple of years ago. So it's been a long journey getting to that to um, the point where we are now, um, and included things like you know changing our values, um, and just a whole range of of different things across the business.
1: So that's really. I'm sorry, I've got all this drilling in the background. So I'm going to <laughs> just have to go, uh, go with it. But um, changing culture is very, very hard. And um, when you describe the survey results, which said we are a very hierarchical culture, and then you got together internally to say what kind of business we want to be—an entrepreneur, innovative, more, um, more collaborative culture. So it's quite different. Yeah. Um, and you you kind of brushed over that and we've changed it. It's been two years. But it sounds like, I mean, when you're changing behavior, you know, you're going to the very core of the way we behave, the habits of an organization, the leadership yeah. style, the management style. So I'd love you to describe in a little bit more detail, like exactly how you got the leadership on board, how you got the management on board, because many of them may like a hierarchical way of working and not necessarily want to change in the way.
0: Um, the business wanted to? Yeah, yeah, there were a lot of steps actually to change the culture. So we we had, I actually did different surveys for the leadership team and employees to check. And um, thankfully, the leadership team, the results were very similar to the employee results about wanting to change. So that really helped. I think we, so we've got, uh, you know, like the exec team, and then we've got a, a, the leadership team. Um, below and I think we engaged a lot of people in that leadership level that perhaps would not normally have been engaged and I think we also set very clear um, goals specific goals for say you know the first three months and then the first six months we didn't try you, you can't try and do everything and change the culture all in one go so it's just like okay what are the key things that we can change right now like the the low-hanging fruit what are the things that we can change and identify that you know behavior or culture that we don't want to see and and then work towards the culture that we want um so some of those things were we had feedback that we had performance reviews um that were happening every three months and people were saying you know it happens every three months we actually were so busy we don't get a chance to think about Three months um, and what's happened, and then suddenly I have to do another performance review, and it's actually more draining for managers and employees. It wasn't actually helping people, and so we just shifted that to, to six months. So that was something really easy. We said, okay, that's fine. We can we can make that change now, um, and it, and it demonstrated that we were listening to feedback that people had, and um, and you know making a noticeable change. So that was that was one thing that you know just some ways of working. Uh, we changed the values. So before we had six values that, you know, I would describe as quite general um, values that any company could have, like accountable, honesty, you know, things that you would expect employees to be anyway. So we changed our values that so they connected um, to what the employee results were for the culture that they were looking for. So in our survey, it came through that, that people wanted to have um, a culture that was based on, results, learning, and caring. So then we created um, three new values. So we had results became uh, value winning, uh, uh, learning became innovative, and caring became collaborative. So we just had three, three simple values that people can recognize and everyone can kind of um, relate to. And then we had a description for each value. And so you know, that was rolled out and then there was a lot of um, communication around why we changed the values and and how we did it. Um, I think we were quite lucky because people, they had had an input in the values and the kind of culture, so we got a lot of buy-in and I actually found that that was actually relatively easy to change um, because employees felt like they had had a a chance to say
1: that's great. I love the three values easy to remember: winning, in innovative, and collaborative. Yeah. And then, and then, um, uh, and um, and then the rollout. And I, I'd love to understand how. So you've got everybody on side, and everyone was kind of integrated uh, in, yeah. in, into the actual um, into the process. Um, but changing the behaviour, like this is what I'm very interested in, because often when you do a values exercise, um, there's a lot of energy around it at the beginning, and yeah. then before long, they get forgotten, and uh, they um, they become a, a, um, a kind of a documentation exercise. <laughs> and, you know, people say, uh, and yeah. often companies have like too many values, they have like seven or something, and it's too many for people to actually remember. But how... Yeah. How have you continued with those values to integrate it into behaviours? I'm, I'm interested to understand, is it integrated into the recruitment process? Is it integrated into training and so on?
0: Yeah, it's actually um, in everything. So we have the values up in lots of different places on our intranet. You know, it's on, say, my email signature, just everywhere. So it's always kind of um, around. We um, changed it so our performance um uh, management, uh, sorry, a performance reviews that happen every six months. So we changed that, but we added the three values in. So for example, can you give, um, provide an example over the last six months, how you've been working collaboratively and how would you rate yourself? Um, and there's sort of like a rating there. And so people are always thinking about these three values and coming back to it. Um, when we recruit, we quite often use advertising with our values and kind of um, link that with either um, the specific position or what they'll be doing. Uh, We've got all our values in the job description. So when people, you know, new people join, they've got they can see what the values are straight away. Uh, We do a lot around induction when people join around the values. And I actually um, go through a presentation and I'll talk through hey, this is actually what we did a year ago. We had a a survey, this is what people said, and this is, you know, talk about the story and the reason why we have those values and how it links with our culture. Um, And then I think people really got behind it. I think because the, the old values, they didn't feel connected. And so we have had a lot of support, you know, people will, um, we have, for example, a in our team's um, All in Venco channel, we've got a small uh, channel that's called Small Wins and the Odd Big One. So that links with our winning value. So anything that's good that happens or, you know, something cool that your team has done, people will pop that in the Small Wins, um, channel and then so all the company can see you know the good things that are happening across the business so so little things like that will link back to our values as well.
1: That's wonderful and I think what's even more impressive and I'd love to know the impact that it's had overall and I'll ask you that in a moment but I think what's all all What's more impressive is the last couple of years since you started that, of course, we've had a global pandemic and we've had to deal with, you know, all kinds of disruption and homeworking and and, and the rest of it. How did you manage with that? Like you were changing. So you, you pretty much, when did you start this project? Was it 2020? started
0: or middle of... Um what 2019 so just okay.
1: two years ago. yeah okay yeah. so before all the fun and games and you started with obviously without the knowledge of what was actually going to happen so how, how has has the pandemic helped with the culture change because you have changed and I know in New Zealand you've had um I, I lose track are, are you out of lockdown in lockdown uh, we do, we're haven't... at a
0: different <laughs> level at the moment but we're
1: getting a lot more freedom I think from tomorrow we okay. can go to restaurants good, yeah that. yeah <laughs> that's cool but be. Yeah, a large amount of time where there was no lockdown uh, for yeah. uh, where, where the rest of the world was um, was under those um, uh, those restrictions.
0: Yeah, we have had, I mean, it, it is really difficult. And I think lots of people would find this with trying to maintain your culture and that connection when everyone is remote. Um, a couple of things I think we had an advantage of at Invenco. Uh, you know, we're a global company, so we were used to having video calls already. It was kind of part of our day-to-day that we would have video calls, um, so we already had that set up and our technology was already ready to go. So um, everyone could already work from home. It was quite seamless when we went into everyone was in lockdowns and, and um, you know, everything was only over video. So that side of it was was good. Um, we made uh, some little rules, like, for example, when you're on a, a Teams call, you have to have your, your video on. And we would say, we don't, you know, we don't mind if... Um, we see your kids or something, you know, it's messy in the background or, you you know, for some reason you, you're in the kitchen or the bedroom. But we want to see people's um, faces just so we can have that connection as well. And I think one thing which, you know, a lot of people have said as well is you actually get to know each other's kids as well. Quite often my kids will walk in during the meeting, let come and say hello to someone. So I think that's actually quite nice because it keeps um, things relatively down to earth. And. Um, and we, we were still in the middle of our big culture change. And I think it was last year, so in the middle of all the lockdowns, I did a um, survey to check how we were tracking with our culture and, and the change of values. Um, so we did a lot of that. So we still tried to get feedback and listen to employees when we were working remotely. And we also had um, department or head of department updates and we did them sort of on a rolling basis around every six months. So, you know, I would do an update this is what what's, what we've been working on, um, and the people team. These are you know the vacancies. Here's some stats and you know just some um, you know funny kind of stories or stats about what's been happening in, in the people space. And we would do that to the whole company as a global um, update. And other departments would do that as well. So for example, engineering or um, project management. And I think that kept the company connected as well because it wasn't just one voice. I was very conscious that. Sometimes, uh, because of COVID, it's only HR that everyone's hearing from. And so it's really important to make sure that there's that communication and information coming from other leaders in the business as well.
1: That's great. Just on that, in terms of working with other people and collaboration, that's one of your values. So to, to get the change, maybe now's a good point just to understand where you are in that change journey, because when you change the culture, there's a big shift, but then of course it's the job is never done. It's not like we've no. done that now we can forget about it. So I'm keen to understand how you're maintaining that, and also I'm keen to understand who you collaborated with internally. Like one thing we're seeing a lot of is HR collaborating with marketing or communication and corporate communications to really work together to make uh, to make some culture changes. I'm curious to understand if that was your your experience.
0: Yeah, we've got quite a small marketing team just because. Um... You know, I was even though we've been around for about ten years, I still define Invenco Venco as a as a as a big startup. Like we've still got a lot happening in in the US, but definitely work quite closely with our marketing and to make sure that our communication, so you know, externally and internally, is the same. So our employment brand um, is really clear, and I want to make sure that so, for example, if someone joins and they see all the messages externally, that it's the same as when they they join internally. Um, I think with the shift and moving the culture, we did a lot in when we recruited leaders or people in, in management positions or senior positions, there was a huge focus on you know we're driving a culture change what have you been involved with that? how do you lead? and so a huge emphasis on um, making sure we recruited the right people to help us with this culture change. Um, and I did notice, you know I think I might have mentioned before, but I noticed when I'm recruiting or involved in senior, um, higher is now, I don't talk about the culture change. I just say, hey, we've actually got a really great culture. How would you help us maintain it? So, I, and I just realized the other day, oh, I'm not actually asking those tricky questions about changing the culture anymore. Um, so it's nearly like you don't know when you get there, um, but suddenly sort of when you're in the, the culture, it's like, oh, all I'm hearing is that people love the culture. You know, new joiners are really happy Um we we just had an actually an external audit for our um, ISO 9000 9001 I think's the exact um, but we just had an external audit yesterday, and the external auditor said hey I, and he called this out and said um, you're one of the most uh, uh, open and transparent companies I've worked with you can really see that the culture is really um, collaborative and he actually called out our culture and I thought okay well that's a really big tick that we've made it when people externally are noticing it yeah.
1: That's that's wonderful. And what yeah. numbers do you track? Like in terms of being able to so could you feel it clearly when you're there and other people feel it and sense it, which is great. And it feels yeah. like you've really thought it through in terms of the impact on different uh, different stakeholders and um, and helping people adapt and um, and to change so huge congratulations i'm curious to know what like whether you have a dashboard or anything like that senior leaders love um, you know yeah. metrics and love tracking to see um, so i'm curious to understand what what mem- what numbers you actually track yeah. and um uh, you know how you measure impact
0: Yeah, we have a um, monthly dashboard. So I love a good dashboard as well. Um, And we track, so we track um, uh, turnover. So resignations, obviously it's a tricky environment at the moment, but we do track turnover and reasons why people are leaving as well. So we wanna make sure um, that it's not reasons around say the the manager, um, the leadership style or the culture. So so we look at the reasons why people are leaving. Uh, We track, we have uh, regular engagement surveys where we do like a large, one large engagement survey, but we have other surveys throughout the year, say around diversity and inclusion or wellness. And I'll ask the engagement questions in there as well, so we can keep tracking it throughout. We've introduced a um, employee uh, uh, net promoter score, so we can just get a, um, a, a rating from um, what employees say if they would refer a friend to work in Venco. So it's, it's just exactly sort of how MPS works. Um, so that's tracking uh, really high with the last school, uh, school we had was 84%. Um, and so for every survey, we're going to, from now on, always make sure we just do that. So it's quite a nice question. And if people are happy um, and they like their role and they think that it's a good company, then they will refer people, which is also a really good way to recruit as well. So um, that's quite an important one for us. Um, and we've actually, our CEO is very approachable and and really down to earth so he'll ask people for feedback as well or drop notes and just want you know want to check what's happening too, so we have got that open feedback um, for people to to message us or or have a have a chat but also I've got that structured surveys and reporting as well so we've got that happening in the background
1: that's wonderful. So it feels like you've really created a culture of well, well-being effectively in terms of moving moving from where you were to where you, where you are. Are there any other initiatives that you do to support well-being, you know what we talk about a lot, you know through all of our events and um, and and communications are around the importance of getting equilibrium or getting the balance right between the needs of the business and the needs of the employees and um you know clearly we've all got stuff going on and then if you throw a a pandemic into (laughs) i know know, resilience becomes a very important skill set and being able to you know cope with um with uncertainty and change you know which um you know even though nothing's certain of course i think that that um uh, the realization has hit everybody over over the last couple of years. So, so I'd love to understand what else you do to support employees' well-being, mental health on a on a day to day basis to um, to help them, you know, I guess be their best and best best self, so to speak, It'd be in equilibrium so they can do you know great work.
0: Yeah. So we've got um, uh, wellness committees and. In- uh, with employee representatives in New Zealand, the US and Malaysia as a start. So um, we don't just talk about health and safety or hazards or anything like that. We always have something um, on the agenda, which is um, every time we, we meet um, around wellness and um, you know culture and, and employee wellbeing. So we're actually talking about it all the time and getting that feedback from um, employees and the uh, wellness committee uh when we're in the office we try and have a lot of different wellness events we have like a wellness week and have people come in and talk seminars it's a lot easier when you're in the office um, and have you know different i don't know crazy shirt days or whatever it is but just trying to bring people together um we have a lot of things like um uh, barbecue lunches or um friday drinks or you know just things like that to make sure that it's a, it's a social side when we've been remote in new Zealand, we um, At the beginning, we were running um, Friday uh, quizzes. So we would have a quiz and a bit of a joke um, for people that wanted to join and um, have prizes. And that was a really good way of getting people together. The one thing I've been conscious of, though, is lockdown um, continue or go longer that people can get that Zoom fatigue. um, And so it's like, okay, well, do we want to actually minimise the amount of video calls they have to have and actually let people have a bit of a break? as well. Um, I think employee wellness is really connected with creating that culture as well because you want to feel that you can um, come to work and, you know, and be um, your full self and not feel like you're having to to hide anything or, or um, you know, that you can't um, just be open about who you are or what's going on, you know, if you've got stuff going on outside of work. And so I think Creating the right culture and making sure that you've got a culture that Im- embraces diversity um, and inclusivity really helps as well with employee well-being. Um, and I think on that flexible, you know, working side, um, we are, you know, we are a technology company. Technology companies, anyone that's working in them um, knows they're really busy. There's a lot happening. I think the amount of work can, because it's tech just, you know, it's really fast moving and a lot can happen. And I think you have to be really conscious that because of that, you know, you need to have those ebbs and flows and you need to be able to have that break as well because people can't um, keep going. So we're quite mindful about that and try and, you know, talk with managers as well to make sure people are getting a break. Um, You know, I've got two um, boys. And so, um, you know, I'll, for example, leave at two o'clock to go and get the kids um, from school. And people know, and I'll go, hey, I'm, I've got to go get the kids. I'll be offline for a while, but I can catch up if I need to on that later on or, or, you know, give me a call when I'm in the car. So I think being open as leaders and, and people seeing that you've got that flexibility as well. And, you know, that for me, being a mum is really important. And so that school run, I, I like that part of my life and, and seeing how their day was. And so I think if you're a leader and you're demonstrating that, you um, to the employees and being open about it, it gives them a chance to do it as well and, and have that, you know, and it might not be with their kids, but it might be that flexibility to go to the gym or, you know, go for a walk um, and have a break from work, things like that.
1: So flexibility is so important, isn't it? It's like everybody, uh, I think every wellness I've seen, that's always come, um, I think, top or very close to the top of the list. And it's interesting yeah. now that we've got that flexibility. I'd love you to... You know, given your role and you've described like massive change that you've gone through a fast moving technology company with, um, you know, with a lot of people in different in different locations um, and the flexibility that, that you like, what else do you do to help you find equilibrium every day? Because, you know, I'm very sensitive to HR because particularly someone once said to me like HR people are great in a crisis, um, and, <laughs> which is true, you know, I know through my own corporate experience, like I was, um, you know. Um, it worked very very closely with HR in terms of lots of different change projects and I'm also very sensitive now with my uh, different lens is that if um, we've got to look after ourselves so we can look after uh, others if you like because like everyone's problem is your problem And, and you know particularly during so much change and you know it's all related to people and ultimately everything every decision is related it's going to impact someone you know whether it's a sales campaign or a new development or anything there's a person somewhere as part of that process and that all comes down to to your responsibility as chief people officer so what do you do to maintain your own well-being to maintain you know to make sure that you know the best rebecca is 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 there every day i'd love you to to share your your strategy
0: yeah and i think you know um Everyone I know in nature, it's, it's been crazy with COVID. It just the, the amount of workload does increase. There's just and everything is you know a new policy or something is you've got to navigate and a huge amount, number of questions as well. So so the workload is definitely higher at the moment. Um, I I have a list of things that I will go to when I feel like there are um, the equilibrium. You know, there's not the balance that I need to have. Like workers getting. Um, too big and I and so I, I think that's really good if you've got a handy list or you know what your go-to things are that are going to help you have that balance um I I use meditation a lot so I've um, used meditation probably I don't know probably maybe the last seven years I just use um I've got different apps on my on my phone I'm always um for people that haven't used uh, meditation I'm always saying you know headspace is a really good app to start and then there's other ones that you can try so that's my go-to first and I'll know, um, oh, things are getting a bit busy and, I, and um, you know, it, there's a lot of um, stuff going on that I'm trying to think about and, and meditation is usually my go-to and I, and I know if I'm not doing it enough because things will get a bit um, get a bit too frantic. Um, just basic stuff, like I love going for a walk on the beach, so I um, invested in I got a Samsung watch to try and get my steps up a bit more and actually, you know, notice it, but just going for a walk on the beach and, and having a breather. Um, so I try and do that. Um, I love anything to the beach, actually going for a swim. I've been learning to surf. I've actually been learning to surf probably for the last three years. I haven't quite got to to being able to catch any big waves, but that, you know, something like that, when you actually just have to totally switch off because you're out in in the ocean and you need to really be thinking about exactly what you're doing. Um, and then just spending time, you know, with my kids as well. So they're kind of my go-to, um, Mm that I know will work. Um, and, you know, when it's frantic and and there's been a lot going on with COVID, you know, I'll just go back to the to the basics. And, you know, I talk about that with my sisters. We'll go, you know, go back to basics, get your basics right. Enough sleep, enough exercise, enough um, healthy food, get all the basics right and
1: then everything normally. Sort of, mm, such good yeah. advice. it's like the yeah. foundations, isn't it? <laughs> you know foundation yeah. in place then you know you can see why the perfect storms can uh, can erupt yeah. if you don't have those basics uh, um, uh, cemented.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important. Um, you know you can have these huge workloads and people just keep working and working and they won't have a break because they go, I'm just too busy, I can't have a break. But it actually is really good to go, I'm going to go for that walk on the beach. I'm going to go for a swim or a run, whatever it is that that makes that person feel better. Um, and then going back to work the next day, you're usually more productive because you've had that break.
1: Mm. I think when right. people okay. get
0: really busy, it's hard to get out of that cycle of being busy.
1: It's true. It feels like you're yeah. never gonna you're never gonna be done. I, you know, I've been there many times where it feels like you know you just have to keep working to get it yeah. done. and that kind of reminds me, I guess, of another big question that we often get asked is whose responsibility is it for an employee's well-being is it the employee our own, or is it the the business you know you talked about policies and you know mm. setting people up for success and zoom fatigue and some of those things and it becomes particularly different now because people are not in the office you can't necessarily see exactly how they're spending their time and i don't no. know if you with things like ergonomics and things like that were a big thing whereas now i know you know certain like government departments are very big at that and they're still continuing and maintaining that um, that kind of um, that kind of support but if you're asked that question how would you answer that whose responsibility is it
0: i'm really honest i think it's it's both i think you have to take responsibility for your own well-being you're the only person that is really going to know what is going to help you feel better or as well and set and set boundaries but it also goes back to the business and, and the culture and I think a lot of people you know you've worked in businesses where the culture hasn't been right or, or the, the working hours are uh, really busy I've worked at a place where the norm was everyone was emailing and working during the weekend and it got to the point that if you didn't reply to that email then you're the person that wasn't working Mm. if you're in the right kind of company it's like hey you don't actually send emails over the weekend unless it's something urgent and then you can contact the person but weekends are for the people you know people to recharge so i think the you know if i'm honest i'll probably say 50 50 you need to have the right culture and create a space um for people's well-being and demonstrate that it's important and you know there's a huge thing um Around well-being I think it really does link with um, diversity and accepting people for who they are and understanding, you know, everyone has a different background. But I think, you know, you have to, as an individual, go, um, I'm going to take some responsibility for my own wellness as well.
1: I agree. I agree. I that's too tough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, it's so true. I mean, exactly as you described, um, it's yeah. been in tune with yourself, isn't it? So you know if you're out of balance so that you can um, yeah. take corrective think- action.
0: Yeah. And I think employees, um, employers, sorry, can help to provide the tools. So, you know, when I, I'm i talking to employees, I'll always say, hey, have you tried meditation? And lots of people laugh or go, no, I haven't. And I'm like, I know, it, you know, you think it's only for hippies, but actually try it. It's really great. And, <laughs> you know, then it, like you'll talk to them a couple of months later and they're like, hey, I tried it and I actually quite liked it, you know, but it's trying to get people out of their comfort zone. So that's where I see our you know, the HR departments. It's kind of a chance to go. Um, here's some different tools that you might not have thought of. Mm-hmm. Here's some ideas, and then you know, create your own personal toolkit for your for your wellness plan.
1: Absolutely, and um, and you've got things like surfing and meditation, and you know, yeah. that, all the things that you described. I like that way of thinking. It's a toolkit, and you need to know when to. Uh, you know when to use those tools, and it's yeah. it's very much personalised, isn't it? Because surfing yeah. is great. I'm I'm trying to learn to surf myself, but you know I'm not sure it's more stressful than yeah. It definitely makes you focus. I think that's, that's what it I does.
0: like about that, it.
1: That's what I thought as well. It's like you know you, you can't um, you know you've got to be in the moment. You've really got to, you've really got yeah. to be, you've really got to be that.
0: And I always think you never see any people that surf all the time that are really stressed. So I think it's so true. It's so true. Exactly.
1: It's a good. Uh, it's definitely a good de- uh, distressor once you've mastered it. Um, any numbers that you can share with us on the impact of the cultural uh, change, if it's not sensitive, I'd love to know. You've done all this work, and, and and clearly it sounds really good. It sounds that it's worked, and you do your dashboards. Any anything yep. that you can um, share with us as to the impact it's had on the on the business, so that. Because to one of your earlier points, culture is often seen as a fluffy, nice to nice yeah. to do thing. It's a lot of work changing, it. but it's often seen as not hard business. You know, not the kind of core things that we should really be investing our time in. But what you've done is done that hard work and during a, a period of extraordinary change. You know, on a, yeah. on, a on a global scale. Um, so I'd love to to understand the uh, the impact that uh, that it's had.
0: Yeah, so I've, I've got a couple of um, numbers. So, 2019, in a survey, we asked about um, do you know what our company values are? And that was when we had the older values, I think it was about six of them. And uh, we had uh, 59% say that they did. So, that was 41% of the company couldn't remember what all the values were. And then uh, this year, 2021, um, asked the same question again. It was actually we did a survey just to check if how, you know, have we implemented this um, new culture and, and where our values are sitting. And we got an 84, which is oh, pretty awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah, Amazing. yeah. So 84
0: said that they they um, knew what our values were. Um, I mentioned, um, other the EMPS. EN, um, so that's sitting at eighty-four percent. So eighty-four percent people would be happy to um, suggest and venco as a workplace to one of their friends. Wow, that's play. amazing. So that's, that's really great. positive. And then our engagement score. So uh, we did an engagement um, survey. So this is just a standard um, overall engagement. We use Culture Amp, which actually has about five questions that roll into the engagement score. So it's, it's based on a number of different questions. Um, September 2020, we had 69% for engagement. So not too bad. It was still, you know, quite solid, still room for improvement. Uh, this March we had 71%. So I'll probably do another survey February, March next year. So I'm hoping, you know, obviously I would like to see a, a shift here. Um, and it's, yeah, and I think that it's, it's a good way. It's not, you know, it's not just always the engagement score we're looking at as well. We're looking at, you know, people, um Giving the uh, um, direct line managers positive scores and how the overall scores are with the culture
1: Absolutely. as well. Well, amazing. Well, let, let's leave it there, Rebecca. Thank you so much. I'd love to acknowledge you for the uh, amazing work that that you've done and continue to to do. Where where can people find out more about you and connect and about M&Co if they want to um uh, connect with yeah. the company or with you personally?
0: Yeah, no, I love um I love talking about culture and anything like this. So happy to speak to anyone if that if they want to find out more. Um I'm on LinkedIn. Um I don't know if that will come up here, but I'm on LinkedIn or um can probably contact me on from the Invenco website. There's my name and and um just my name at adminvenco.com.
1: Awesome. Wonderful. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for sparing some time for us uh, with us uh, today. I really appreciate that. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Lawrence.